0: Right, good morning citizen heights how's it going good good we are going to before we even get started say bye to our citizen kids this morning can you give them a round of applause keep clapping it up until all of them are out of the room we love to cheer for our kids <laughs> We have an awesome team that doesn't just babysit your kids or throw goldfish and crafts at them, but speaks the word of God into them from a young age. And I know as a mom myself, I'm so grateful for a church and a team of people that invest in our children, amen. Our youth are also apparently gonna be having a lit time, which the kids don't say anymore, which is how you know I'm getting older. Uh, at camp as well. So you'll get to buy some baked goods, I hear. Um, The calories don't count right after this. Also, if you're on a diet like me, you can still just throw $20 bills at the kids. Like, I'm just, I'm being serious. (laughs) Like, like just give the kids your money. Buy a scone for $20, give to someone else, buy a muffin for 20 bucks from the bake sale kids, and then go give it to the Martha's table. Table, whatever you got to do, but let's get our kids to camp because that's a life-changing experience. I know I've gone to camp. I've seen lots of our kids go to camp. And it's awesome. Well, I want to, as, just starting out, for those that I don't know or haven't seen before, my name is Ashley. I'm the campus pastor out in the Burbs in Fairfax, Virginia. Hey. It's good to see you. If you didn't know, we are one church in two locations right now and probably more in the future. We'll see. But we, lo- we are one community. We're one family. And so we love to get to be together. Sometimes I get to come here. Sometimes Michael and Heather are in Fairfax as well. And you're always invited. We're, we're one family. So you can come visit your aunts and uncles and cousins out in the Burbs. We meet at 10 a.m., at our Fairfax location, I'd love to see you there if you'd ever like to come visit. Who's coming? Who's coming to see me? 10% commitment. Can I, can I get a 20%? Can I get a couple more hands? All right. All right. You're, you're on the hook. I'm going to see you out there in Virginia. I also want to take a second to, um, to honor our lead pastors, Heather and Michael Giroux, who do an amazing job pastoring. Our church, and um, they're not just pastors and parents of their own kids, but they're spiritual mothers, fathers, more like big brother, big sister to a lot of us. And I'm just so grateful for your investment in my and Tim's life and in the life of all of us in our community. They're such a great example. I also want to honor our um, amazing team in Fairfax. We have a great team of leaders that lead the charge every Sunday when I'm out on Sundays like this they're making church happen so you can clap for them as well because it says have an amazing team go ahead and clap of volunteer leaders that's my okay that will be like I'm gonna give myself five more free passes of forcing you to clap but we're getting to the end of forced claps after that you can clap because you desire to clap you feel good about that okay um how many people know that coffee is life? Yes. Maybe you get a clap because you just want to no, don't clap. <laughs> coffee is life, coffee is life. And out here in the city, you guys have a lot of, see I'm like a real burb person now, like in the big city, you all have all kinds of really nice craft coffee places. Here in DC, you've got Peregrine Espresso, you've got Compass Coffee, You've got La Colombe all downtown. If you haven't been there, these are great, delicious craft coffee places. But you know what you don't have that we have out in Fairfax? It's this beautiful little invention that I like to call the drive-through Starbucks pay for wide open spaces, wide open lanes that enables me to go through without even having to get out of my car to get my coffee. That's the luxury that it is, living in the burbs. And drive through Starbucks, to me, has become kind of like the gold standard of design. Like if I were an architect, I think I would create a drive through Starbucks. Think about it. It has everything you need and you have, you don't have to leave the convenience of your own car. It's at the point where like I will drive 20 minutes out of the way just to be able to go through a drive-through Starbucks. Have you ever been to one, a drive-through Starbucks? Okay, when you come visit me in Fairfax, we will go around the corner and not get out of our cars and go th- to the drive-through Starbucks. So the designer there really they had their thinking caps on when they created the drive-through Starbucks. But what I've recognize, just kind of looking around in our world, that we have some designers, some architects out there that are making stuff that have a bit less thought, I would say. Take a look at this picture here to get a sense of what I'm talking about. So here we have a portion of a handrail. This person said it seems like that top step might be a little tricky, but after that, you're on your own. They're really thinking that day. Let's take a look at this next photo I'll show you. Excuse me, one second, I'm gonna buzz you in if you could just wait behind the gate for me. <laughs> take a look at the next one. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, nobody's home. Um, you're gonna have to come back another time. It took me a while to understand this one when I Googled it online. I was like, oh, it's a peephole, that makes sense except when it does not make sense. Take a look at this next one. This one, I just, I feel like this is good. Like, we have time to mentally prepare. You know, you might be out on a stroll, and you don't know. Life comes at you fast. Sidewalks could be ending all over the place. And now, like, the person that got paid to create and plant this sign has saved us all a lot of hardship. Take a look at our last one here. i just going to stand back. where are you going? You know, I saw this and and my, (laughs) I probably had not had enough coffee when I was looking at this. I was like, oh yeah, it's so important. Like, we need things that are handicap accessible and like, that's a good thing. And then I looked at it again and I'm like, but where are they going? (laughs) So suffice it to say, we could take the photo down. Suffice it to say, we've got some, designers, some architects out there that are creating some things that maybe were well-intentioned. Perhaps they had a thought in their head when they made it. But they fell a bit short. And the reason is because their creations lacked a purpose. Ultimately, you look at it, and you're left kind of thinking, but why? Like, why? What is the purpose in this? How many know that it's good to have a purpose? It's good to have a purpose. It's good to know your purpose. It's good to live your life on purpose. And the truth is that we were all created by a designer who designed us with a purpose in mind. We are purposefully created. We've been in a series called The Church That Won't Be Suck, talking about why as a church we're not going to suck, but we're going to pursue all that God has for us. We're a fun, we're a life giving life-filled church. And so far we've talked about how we are a people-loving church. We've talked about how we are a Bible-centered church. And today we're continuing in our series talking about how we are a purpose-minded church. We're a purpose-minded church. Will you pray with me? All right, let's close our eyes. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your presence that's already here in this place. Holy Spirit, we say, come and have your way. Have your way in our hearts. We open up our hearts again to you, to what you want to do, to what you want to speak, Father. I pray that you would speak through me, that your Holy Spirit would work through me and deliver a word that ministers to my own heart and ministers to all of our hearts, that our lives moving forward would be changed by your word. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. We are a purpose-minded church. It's good to know your purpose. It's good to live a life filled with purpose on purpose. Essentially, purpose is about knowing your why. Purpose is about knowing your why. We all know the experience of maybe seeing or experiencing something where you don't know your why. Has anybody ever been in a meeting that I would deem, quote, unnecessary? Anybody ever been in an unnecessary meeting? Okay. Okay. If you haven't, let me explain to you what it looks like. It looks like the 17th meeting scheduled on a Friday at 4 p.m. for two hours with way too many people and no agenda, okay? And so we're left there like texting under the table, or if you're like me, you draw flowers around like the little circles on the notepads. It's perfect for a flower, but you nod every once in a while, so it seems like you're paying Attention, And we make our way through. We do what we can to get through our unnecessary meetings. But the reason that those meetings feel the way that they feel is because we're like, why? What is the purpose of this meeting? Why are we here? I don't understand why we're here. So purpose answers the question of why. Oxford Dictionary defines purpose as the reason something exists. Purpose is the reason something exists exists. Simply put, purpose answers the question, why am I here? Why am I here? So we want to know our purpose so that we can live on purpose because the reality is God has a why for you and for me, and for us as a church, and our aim is to figure that out, to keep it front and center so that we can live a purpose-filled life. We believe as a church that when you fulfill your individual purpose, we're enabled to fulfill our collective purpose as a community, as a church. We believe that we're not all that we can be, as a community, until you're all that you're called to be as a person, until you're living out all that God has placed inside of you. So that's why we're going to spend some time delving into this topic of purpose today. If you're taking notes, you can take notes on your app. I've actually got the sermon notes right there on the app, so you can cheat and look ahead if you want to. There's a little tile that says sermon notes if you open that, or if you want to go old school. Old school now is just typing in your phone, apparently, because we've got an app. If you want to go super old school, you can take notes on paper, thank you, Stevie, and draw flowers around the edges and pretend like you're paying attention to me. We've got two points that we're covering, so we'll try to keep it super clear for you. Number one, if you're taking notes, just pretend like you're taking notes, even if you aren't, it will make me feel better. Number one, God has a purpose in mind for you. God has a purpose in mind for you. God created you, he designed you with a purpose in mind. The Bible actually says in Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart for my holy purposes. This is saying that God knew you before you were even born. He he knew who you were going to be. And not only did he know you, he created you with a purpose in mind. That means when he sat down and he said, okay, Carlos is going to be born in... 1991, 85, 88, I don't know how old you are, whatever you year. Carlos is gonna be born in, let's round it out to 1990, give him a little bit of credit. God said, okay, I have this guy that I want to be on earth at this time in history. His name is going to be Carlos. He's going to be doing XYZ. He's going to have a wife. He's going to have two children, maybe more children. He's going to have about 14 children. He's going to be leading worship for a church and speaking to people and ministering to people. And God actually thought about Carlos before Carlos was even born. God actually said, I know the specific purpose that I have in mind for Carlos. And it's the same for you. God said before you were even born, there's something specific that I want you to accomplish here on this earth. And he created it. He formulated it. He had a purpose in mind specific to you before you were even here, before you were even born. And So God designed us with a purpose in mind. Do you know our purpose is linked to our design and to our desire? Sometimes we get a little bit confused. I know sometimes I'm having conversations with friends or coaching folks. I, I hear a lot of confusion around what am I supposed to be doing? What is my ultimate purpose, my calling? I know like David mentioned sometimes in times of transition after school, it can be confusing. What am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing next? And One of the ways that we discover that unique individual purpose is by taking a look at how God designed you and the desires that he's placed inside of you because our purpose is linked to design and desire. God designed us uniquely. Like, we're all different. We all love different things. We have different skills. We have different abilities. I wish I could get up here and sing, like, Crystal over here singing Touch of Heaven. Like, I wish that I could sing like that. Sometimes when the music gets super loud and I feel really spiritual, it's, like, easier if you just mouth the words because then it feels like Crystal or Michaela's voice is coming through your mouth, and I just think God is glorified. I'm like, like, God hears my vibrato at that, at that moment. You know, like, sometimes I wish I could do that, but the reality is God's given me different skills and abilities. Like, he's designed me with a different purpose in mind. Ephesians 2:10 10 says, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's workmanship created to do stuff, like to do good works, specific things, specific stuff, And he thought of those things. He set it aside. It's like here's this group of tasks, these activities, these good works is what the Bible calls it, that God set aside for you to do. God said, I need for you to do this group of things. And he created you. He designed you to do those specific things. And so your unique skills and abilities and giftings are going to align with the things that God has called you to do because he has specific good works that he wants you to do. A lot of the times, another way that we can figure out or maybe uncover a bit of what our purpose is, is by thinking about what our desires are as well. Sometimes our skills, our abilities link with our desire. There's a verse that says in Psalm 37:4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I used to read this verse and think, okay, I'm going to spend my time just loving God, like delighting myself in God, and then, you know, when I was single, I would think, I just have to love God more and then I'm going to get a husband, you know, like I just have to do this thing, just focus on loving God and then he's going to give me this dream job that I'm hoping for. And maybe, maybe there's some truth that like you sow into the kingdom of God, you love God and he does bless you, but I think there's another way to read this verse. And it's you delight yourself in the Lord. You be consumed by who God is. You be consumed in relationship with God and knowing him more and seeking his face. And all of a sudden, there's a transaction that takes place where as you get to know who God is more, he puts his desires into your heart. He actually embeds his desires into you. And it's sometimes unique to you, a unique expression of who God is that's in your heart. And so there's, 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 there's a safety, there's a trust to this because... Because the more that we know God, the more that we focus on loving him and knowing him, the more confident we can be that the desires that we have to do different things are actually from God. When you're walking with him, when you're in relationship with him, he gives you the desires of your heart. And so when you have a desire to have a family or to be an entrepreneur or to travel or to be a missionary or to start a business or whatever it is, you can trust that that desire that's deep down inside of your heart is actually something that's from God. Because when you're with him, when you're in relationship with him, the Bible says that he gives you the desires of your heart. Your purpose is linked to your design, your unique skills, abilities, giftings, and it's linked to your desire. And so when we struggle with this, when we say, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing, some good questions to ask yourself are what do you love to do? (laughs) What do you love? What are you good at? What do you do that other people think that, that, oh, that's too hard for me and you feel like it's super easy? Or what would you do if you didn't even have to worry about money and and you didn't have to worry about getting paid you would do it for free it feels like the time goes by so fast sometimes those things are just little indications little clues of some of the purpose that maybe god has put inside of you the awesome thing is that we're all uniquely gifted and have unique desires so some of us will love to travel some of us love to stay home some of us love the city some of us love the country some of us love chocolate and some of us love vanilla and misery we're all different. It's okay. We will, we will rebuild trust, Martina, over time. God bless you. <laughs> God has made us all different. And it's part of his plan and his design because the reality is that all that's within each of us and the uniqueness that's within each of us is all necessary to reach the world with the love of God. So if you feel like what God's put inside of me, I don't see in somebody else. I haven't seen an image or a picture of this before. I don't really know how this is supposed to work inside of me. That's okay because God does unique things in each of us. He does unique things because he needs the unique, he designed and needs the unique gifting in each of us to accomplish his purposes in us and through us here on this earth. When you discover your purpose, you also need to, we need to, I'll say for myself too, we need to fight for our purpose. You pursue your purpose when you discover it. When you know what God has created you to do or some of the things that he's placed inside of your heart, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be easy to get there. It's just not. Like, it's life. It's the world that we live in. We see countless examples in the Bible of God speaking something, something over somebody, a a prophecy of who they were going to be, of what their purpose in life is, what their mission was, and then hardship that followed it before they got to the place where they were supposed to be. That's just possibly something that's going to happen. But we need to intend to fight for our purpose. We need to decide that we know that God has placed this inside of us. He's placed this inside of me, and if God is for me, who can be against me? When you discover your purpose, you decide to fight for it. Sometimes our purpose can be misconstrued. I think a lot of the times as we're growing up, some of the things that we're actually created to do, people speak negatively over us. I mean, it's quite frankly an obvious plan, I think, of the enemy to try to keep you from doing the things that God has designed and created you to do. Here's an example of what it might look like, part of my story of what this looks like. I'm mixed. My dad is black, and my mom is white. Growing up, like, I was happy being a mixed person. I got to be in a lot of different communities, but I also noticed that there were differences between me and some of the people around me. So if I may stereotype just a little bit, I can't dance that good, okay? Okay. I don't dance very well. I dance a little bit. You know, I could do a little something, but I'm not like, you know, like I'm not that, that good. Okay. You see where I'm going with this. Also, I do not like country music. Okay. So when I would be with one side of my family and we're, you know, partying, I'm like, hey, 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 you know, and then the other side of my family, where did you come from? Where did you go? I'm like, I can't do this (laughs) It ain't got no beat. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> so I would find myself just different from some of the communities that I, that I was in, from some of the communities around me. And I think it's easy to get to a place where you say, OK, I don't understand why I was created this way. I don't fit in this place or in this place. Maybe th- this doesn't look like how I thought it was going to look or how how I what makes me feel comfortable. But the reality is that if you embrace the identity the purpose, the design that God has placed inside of you, you'll discover that he has a unique purpose to who he's created you to be. For me, what God has spoken to me and what I've discovered is that God has created me to be a bridge. And so once I accepted, identified, accepted, and pursued that purpose in my life, I found all over the place, not just in race or culture or ethnicity, but all over the place, God is using me as a bridge. I get to be a bridge between socioeconomic statuses through my work. I get to be a bridge between white people and black people through my family. I get to be a bridge between cultures. I get to be a bridge between the lost and the found through ministry. I get to be a bridge between workplace and church life through my bivocational life. Like, I get to be a bridge through all different kinds of situations, and that's where God has placed me because it's how he designed me. And if you shrink back from who God has made you to be, you'll miss out on the full scope of what he wants you to do because he has a purpose in mind for you. It's linked to how he created you. It's linked to the desires in your heart. And once you find it, you pursue it, and you run after it, and you see God start to open more doors of opportunity that are linked to your distinct hey, and unique purpose. God has a purpose in mind for you. We need to be careful once we discover our purpose not to compare ourselves to other people. I know i can get caught up in this it's something that i think we have so much access today to be able to see glimpses into the lives of people around us and to start to think maybe i'm behind in some kind of way maybe i'm not living up to some sort of standard i probably should have had a couple of advanced degrees by now or i probably should be married with children or my business should be at this place and it's not or whatever else but the reality is somebody else's purpose is not your purpose so you have to stick to keep your eyes locked on the purpose of god in your own life and how we do that is we look to jesus we be in relationship with jesus we delight ourselves in the lord we allow him to place his desires into our heart and then we walk out the purposes that he has for our life in our now, trusting that he's gonna open the right doors at the right time for your next and for your future. Uh, if If I can say this as well, just one other thought around this is that I think we have to stop tripping a little bit on our ultimate calling. We get so worried, especially in this area, and I get it because I'm just as ambitious as the next person and I want to accomplish all this stuff. But we get so consumed sometimes by am I missing it? Am I missing this ultimate one Thing that I'm supposed to be doing, and the reality is that in God, our life does not look like one career or one accomplishment or one ultimate aspiration that we'll arrive at and achieve one day. Our life looks like loving and knowing God. Like, that is our ultimate purpose, to love and to glorify God. Loving and glorifying God is our ultimate purpose on earth, and so when we latch onto that and live that out, we're going to look at, we're going to accomplish different things in different times, in different seasons of our life based on what God has right in front of you for today. So let's not get so distracted or worried about missing out on this big thing, whatever that big thing is. You love God. You glorify God. You link your desires with him. And he'll show you what you're supposed to be doing right now and tomorrow and the next day. The Bible says not to worry about tomorrow because it has enough worries for itself. You worry about what God has put right in front of you. If we keep our eyes on this next thing, we're going to miss out on the purpose that God has for you in your now. I actually think that that's for somebody in this room that's thinking a lot about the next thing on the horizon. And I believe that God says, like, look at what's right in front of you and let's not miss the purpose in your now. God has a purpose for you right now. And let's keep our eyes on what God wants to see accomplished in your now. Amen? Amen. So, we focus on loving God. We focus on discovering our individual purposes. But the reason that that's so important, the reason that that matters, is because God has a purpose for us. That's number two. God has a purpose in mind for us as a church, as a community, as a collective. God has something in store for all of us. Did you know that the church is actually God's design? God created the church. He created us to be in community with one another. He created us to be be this vehicle, this unstoppable vehicle of his love. But the only way that that happens, the only way we get to operate in strength, the only way we get to be that unstoppable vehicle of the love of God as he intends for us to be, is if each of us is stepping into and running in full strength our individual purposes. Did you know that the Bible says that we as a church are similar to a physical body? Maybe you've heard the term the body of Christ. Like it comes from the Bible. There's this passage that talks about the church as a body, and it kind of says in the church you've got different people that are like different body types. Some people are like an eye, and some people are like an ear, and some people are like this body body part, this body part, and what it's Is we need what you bring. Each of us has a different function, a unique function, and if we were to say that all we need are the pastors and then all we have are a bunch of eyes, well, guess what? We're not going to be able to accomplish the full strength of what the body of Christ is intended to do. And if we were to say that all we need are the hands, then guess what? We wouldn't be able to accomplish the full strength of what we're supposed to be doing as a church. And so we need all of us together operating in full, total, purpose-minded strength to achieve what God has for us as a community, to achieve what God has for us as a church. 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10 say, You are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him, to tell others of the night and day difference He made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. We are God's plan of how to tell people about the love of God. Like this says, we're called, we're chosen to be a holy people. We're chosen to be God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him like when we talked earlier about how we're all created to do that good stuff that he set aside specifically for you to do, you're supposed to do that. And then together, we're supposed to go and tell people how we came from nothing to something, how we went from rejected to accepted. As a community, we're called together to, for that, that collective purpose to tell people about the love of Jesus. We're more effective when we're together, each playing a part. I think about some of the people in this church and the amazing gifting that we have within the church. I think about Natasha Perez who handles a lot of our social media and how our social media by the way is like really good and she's been doing an incredible job and I think man if I did that like Citizen Heights Instagrams would be a collection of photos of our various children and then a couple of announcements. Like, that would be our social media if I was in charge. But I see how gifted she is at it and how good she is at it and how we need what she does. And I believe God has that in each of us. A unique purpose, a unique gifting that when we walk that out, when we live that out wholeheartedly, the church itself is stronger. We're more equipped. We're more enabled to achieve the purpose that God has for us. And so what is that? What's the purpose that God has for us as a collective, as a community, as a church? It's pretty simple. It's three things. It's to love God, it's to love people, and it's to help others to do the same. It's to love God, it's to love people, and it's to help others to do the same. In the Bible, there were some Jewish rabbis that asked Jesus, like, what's the most important commandment? There's all these different commandments, and we're required to do all of these different things, and what's the most important thing that we should do? And do you know what Jesus said in Matthew 22? He said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Our purpose as a church is to love God. Like, that's why we have extravagant worship. That's why we spend time glorifying the name of God, because that's linked, Jesus said it. The greatest commandment, it's to love God. Love God with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind, with all of our heart. And I don't know about you, but I think we do it better when we're together. As a community, as a church, we get to love God together. And then the second thing Jesus said is to love your neighbor as yourself. And I know for sure we're better at doing that together. I think about what we're able to do in, in reaching our community through Martha's Table, through Little Lights, through some of the organizations that we're partnering with and practically reaching people with love, seeing their needs meet and loving our neighbor as ourself. The church is called to do this and we get to do this together and we're stronger together when we choose to step into our individual purpose and fulfill that purpose as a community. The last thing that we're called to do and perhaps one of the most important is to share the good news about Jesus As a church, that's one of our ultimate callings, to tell people, to tell other people about the love of God. In Matthew 28, Jesus said, "'All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always till the very end of the age.'" Jesus said, what we're supposed to do is go help other people to find the love that you've found. We get to love God, we get to love others, and we get to help others to do the same, to make disciples, that means followers of Jesus, to help other people to learn how to follow Jesus. And the only way we get to be effective at this is when we're all doing it together, functioning in that unique design, that unique gifting that God has placed inside of you. I just have one last story that I'll share Is Daryl. Let's talk about unique giftings, people. Daryl plays the keys. That's the other thing I covet, Crystal's voice and then Daryl's piano playing. If I could play like Daryl. Thank you, rub it in. Just rub that salt into the wound. We're good here, I'm secure. Just don't put yourself on social media, please. Just kidding, jokes upon jokes. (laughs) One last story that um, I'll share. I remember maybe eight or so years ago, I had been coming to the church for a couple of years, and I was a few years out of college. And I remember I found myself, I didn't grow up going to church all the time. I went occasionally with my family, but wasn't plugged into a church in, in any kind of way. And I found myself at church a lot. I was on the worship team, and so I was coming to rehearsals during the week, and then I was going to a small group, and then I was coming on Sunday and serving on a team. And for me, that felt really weird. Like, I wasn't used to that level of involvement in church. And I remember talking with one of the pastors and telling her hey, um, I kind of feel like my life is a little out of balance right now. You know, I feel like I'm doing all this stuff, and I kind of feel like I'm always at church, and, you know, this is just a little weird. And I remember she said to me, well, Ashley, the church is God's plan to reach the world. You know, and if that's the case, if that's true, then this is where you want to (laughs) be. And that was sort of a revelation moment for me Of realizing like hey we get one life we get one shot at doing this right on this side of heaven and if this is the thing that God chose to use to reach the world with his love then I want to be all in a hundred percent part of it and I want to bring a hundred percent of who I am I want to run my race with a hundred percent and I want to contribute to running our race because we only get to be strong and beautiful and effective if we're all doing it together it's the truth. And as I've stepped into that, I've seen the purposes of God accomplish more and more in my own life and my family's life and, and had the blessing of seeing people come to know Jesus and our community reached through the church. And what a joy and a privilege it is to get to be a part of a purpose-minded church, of a purpose-minded community. And so today I think there's that challenge For all of us, wherever you're at, maybe you've been coming to church once in a while, maybe you've been plugged in here or there, but did you know that God has a unique place for you in the church, and I encourage you, we're not going to raise hands or anything, I just want to just encourage you in this moment to consider, to think about where do you fit in, what's the uniqueness that you bring, because God has a place for you here and I believe that as you discover that as you commit to living that out with your whole heart that our church is going to get stronger and what's great about the church getting stronger is just it's not just the church getting stronger what's great about it is that we're effective to love God and to love people and to help other people to do the same and so we need all of us we need all of us to do that I would also love to take just a moment to pray together because I'm aware that in this room that there's some of us that might say like, yeah, I want to know about my purpose, but I don't even think I know much about this God that you're talking about. And if that's the place that you find yourself in, it's okay. God's love is here for you. The Bible says that there is nothing that you've done or can do that would separate you from the love of God. There's this verse in the Bible that actually says, as far as the east is from the west, so I have separated your sin from you. That means that when God thinks of you, when he sees you, he just loves you because he just does. He loves you. So could we close our eyes for a moment just to give a moment of privacy, you could bow your head if you'd like. And I just want to speak to those in this room that would say, I don't know that love of Jesus, but I would like to. You have an opportunity today to make a decision to encounter Jesus. So with all of our eyes closed and our heads bowed, I'm not gonna make a scene, I'm not gonna make you come up, this is just a moment between you and God. If you would say, I would like to make a decision today to follow Jesus, go ahead and raise your hand so I can see who I'm praying for all over this room. You would say, I would like to make a choice today, amen, to follow Jesus. Thank you. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? God's love is for you. He loves us so much. Anybody else that would say, you know what? It's a bit of a brave step for me, but I'm willing to just take that bit of a step towards God. He's right there to meet you. Go ahead and raise your hand so I can see who I'm praying for. I want to follow Jesus. That's what you're saying today. Amen. All right, we're all going to pray this prayer together. You can repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for my sins. I repent of my sins, and I receive your love for me. You have made me new. I am a Christian. Forever I am changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's clap for those who raised their hand this morning.